and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who and the Sarah Jane Adventures and Torchwood as well. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the lascivious Matt. Hello, Matt. Well then, Matt, back on the old Torchwood train, eh? Yeah. Win some, yeah. lose some, I guess. <laughs> Yes, so... It's um, been nearly 175 episodes since we last talked about Torchwood. Yeah. Um, shame it couldn't have, uh, we couldn't have uh, extended that a little further back. Yeah. yeah. Nice round 200, maybe. But, um, well, you know, had to do it sooner or later. Um, I mean, we didn't have to. We could, could just skip it. <laughs> Uh well we've we've made a commitment now, haven't we? Yeah. It's good, yeah. good to get it done. Uh but anyway, yes, yeah, so for context listeners, uh hopefully already in your feeds, if you haven't already, you'll have seen the bonus episode dredged up from the archives from back when we we did uh we did the first episodes of both Sarah Jane and Torchwood on a single episode. It was Matt's idea. Don't, to this day, don't know why you were so insistent that we did that. Was, but, is it um, that Rod Stewart song that says, I wish that I knew what I know now when I was younger? <laughs> Indeed. But um, that was that was what we did. So we're not revisiting. Uh, we didn't revisit the first episode of Sarah Jane Adventures. We're not revisiting the first episode of Torchwood. We're just picking up where we left off. So uh, we are going to be discussing day one today. Mm. Um, but before we get there, Matt, as always, I would love to know how your week has been. Uh, it's been okay. I've been off work this week. Um, not, Lovely. not really done a great deal. Spent a lot of time mm. with my brother's kids, my mum and dad. Um, went out for dinner the other day. That was quite nice. Bought myself a slow cooker. That's been... Ooh, yeah, treating myself nice. to a crock pot. Yeah. Good to good to get get that in before the weather turns. Yeah, so I made myself a lovely lamb curry last night. Uh, tonight Ooh, I'll nice. be using the slow cooker to warm up the remnants of last night's lamb curry. Mmm. Good times. Uh, uh, meal of the week's not coming back, though, just to be clear. Oh, no, this... no, no, no. Meal of the week is dead. Um, yeah. I oh, I do have a television highlight of the week, though. Oh, what's that? And I'm going to make a bold statement. I've mm -hmm. started watching a series, David, that I think is yes. the best made-for-streaming TV series. Oh, Okay. Okay, big, big statement. Better than because The Witcher, a better lot than of TV. Uh, Stranger Things. I've mm -hmm. started watching The Boys and I love it. Yeah. I've heard I've heard nothing but good things. Um, I've shotgunned two series in less than a week. Crikey. I've only got one series to go. It is fantastic. Yeah, it's one of those ones that I'm sure I will get around to one day. But um, See, I was of that opinion, and once I watched the first episode, I was like, well, I've got to watch the second. And before I knew yeah. it, I'd sat for five hours and watched half the first series. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, yeah, my, my brother in particular is a big fan. He's always banging on about how I need to be watching the boys. Yeah. 
Uh, it gets a solid two thumbs up from me. Yeah, well, there you go, listeners. Um, I, I, of course, n- not not quite as uh, uh, fulsome uh, praise as you'll be giving Torchwood. No, this no. week. And I made a little effort this morning. I went and saw my old mum and yep. dad. I know that it's become a bit of a thing asking what their TV highlight of the week was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My dad was watching the Grand Prix. And okay. I believe it's on Netflix. My mum is quite high on a series called Frontier. That's got Jason. And what happens Lamar in Frontier? In it. uh, it's uh, just okay. about like American colonization, I believe. Well, great. There you go. Fun times. Um, what about you moderately eventful Uh, start of the week was I was working like normal but uh, on Wednesday uh, day day of the train train strike perfect timing uh, my brother and I got the train down to London to uh, go and see Transatlantic who are a progressive rock supergroup who play very infrequently they were doing a short uh, European tour um, in support of an album that they released nearly two years ago <laughs> because of, uh, um, you know, pandemic timings and whatnot. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was incredible. Incredible gig. Uh, I wish they'd booked uh, a second UK date anywhere other than London because I could have done without London. Did, did uh, you stay general. over or did it train down there? Train we back? did, yes. No, uh, stayed over because it's a long gig. It, you know that they they played for over three hours, and uh, uh, yeah, I didn't fancy going back the same day. It's, um, Did you do anything and, else uh, nice in London? We uh, we popped over to the British Museum, which is a weird experience. Mm-hmm. Um, is that where the Elgin Marbles yeah, are? Uh, we didn't. Oh, we didn't really pay much attention to the Algarvers. We, we didn't have masses of time, to be honest, to spend in the British Museum. But uh, um, we sort of popped in for for about an hour. I mean, you could you could spend a whole week in there and do literally nothing else. Um, now it it would be remiss of me what, not one to of, ask. One of the David, most. Where did you yeah. eat in London? Did you get some good food? <laughs> this isn't meal of the week. This uh, is just where did you eat in London? Uh, we we had a really nice curry at place um, that was um, a, a short uh, distance away from the venue. Um, it, it, it's it's the sort of place I feel like you'd only get in somewhere like London, where from if you looked at the the layout of it, you know it was brightly lit, um, small white down tables on the high street, not not a lot of seating area. You'd think it was basically like a pretty standard cafe, you know, sit down, have a cup of tea in a, in a full English, something like that. Um, but it was an Indian restaurant serving sort of Indian street food um, and, uh, and what have you. So uh, we shared a couple of onion bhajis. Um, my brother got some sort of chicken thing and I had uh, one of the nicest dals I've ever had. Nice. Uh, which came with, with a roti, and, uh, yeah, that was great. Um, and then the next day we went to... Have you ever heard of a fast food restaurant called Leon? I don't know if I have. It rings a bell. 
Yeah, I, I'd never heard of them before, but we just happened to stumble upon it when we were looking for breakfast. And so I got myself a, a vegan sausage sourdough muffin. Very nice. Uh, and a cup of coffee. Uh, and it came with um, hash browns and Korean mayo, which was really nice sort of spicy mayo. And, um, yeah, it, it it's like... I. God, I wish I wish they the, this place was as prevalent as McDonald's because to be honest, price was about the same as McDonald's, but oh, so much nicer. Um, so yeah, um, so the food 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 was uh, was pretty decent, but ultimately, we were there for the music and and not a lot else because uh, as I say, not really much of a London person bit too big bit too many people for me yeah um but um like i say if 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 your choice is um go to this one gig it, it might genuinely might be the only chance in my lifetime to see uh all these musicians in the same room playing together um and uh deal with london for the duration uh or miss that opportunity i'll i'll, I'll put up with london for that it was an incredible gig. Yeah. Similarly, I'm going to Manchester in a few weeks to go to a gig. Mm. And it's one of those where I'm going to go early afternoon. I'm going to go have tea at Hard Rock Cafe. And then I'm going to go yeah. to the gig, go to my hotel and go home. That's it. Yeah. Might go yeah. to the football that's museum much... if I fancy it, but that's about it. Yeah, that's pretty much how I, how I, how I do those sorts of uh, those sorts of jaunts. I'll tell you what was funny, though. Like... Every every part, you know, the the rest Indian restaurant we were in, uh, the couple of pubs we went into in in the vicinity of the venue, everyone there was there for the gig, and you can like spot them a while ago, a mile away, you know, largely bald, uh, <laughs> middle aged, yeah, blokes in band t shirts, you know, talking about you know, Marillion and the Flower Kings as the as Though that's a perfectly normal thing to be doing with your time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, my, my favourite observation with those is, is in amongst them, there's just a small scattering of long-suffering, supportive wives. Good. You Good. know, who, who sat there nursing a drink would probably rather be literally anywhere else on earth. But, you know... Bless them. That's, yeah. Behind it every, was, it was, behind it was, every prog rock fan is a supportive woman. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but anyway, yeah, so so that's been the highlight so far. And uh, this weekend, uh, I'm packing up to go camping for a little bit, which will be nice. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you more about that next I'm, week. I'm going out walking tomorrow. You know when we like to talk about local areas of beauty? Of course, and yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to Nid Gorge. Ooh. Now, uh, that presumably is somewhere in Nidderdale? Yeah, along the River Nid, close to Nairsborough, yeah. near Ripley. Mm-hmm. So just, just going walking there. I mean, the weather's yeah, supposed to be shocking, so the water will be up, and I might actually have like some sort of requirement of the if, emergency services. But fingers crossed. Yeah, if you're in the vicinity of Nesbury, have you ever been to uh, to pay a visit to the Devil's Arrows? 
No, I don't think I have. Is that, is that one of those in England, standing Matt. stones? Yeah. Now yeah. you've said it. Tallest ones in England. Good. Good. Mm. I might go there. Unfortunately, somebody uh, there's there's three there's three remaining. Um, there's records suggesting there used to be many more, um, uh, but the, someone's uh, plonked an A road in the middle of them, which is a bit annoying. Oh, good. And uh, like, well, <laughs> I... two, two of the three are on are on like uh, pri- private farmland. So is is that the one? Are they the standing stones that's got the Pandorica be- beneath it? Uh, no, that that you're thinking of Stonehenge. Though, I right? know. I'm just making a Doctor Who joke for the uh, nerds, David. Yes. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, the, the the trouble with that is you you hit upon uh, not one but two points of area in which I could be incredibly pedantic. Yeah. <laughs> Namely, ne- Neolithic stone monuments and Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. When we approach your birthday, I might just erect an obelisk in your garden. Oh, under the cover that, of that night. That would be the. That would genuinely be the best birthday present I've ever had. Yeah, it would also be a nightmare because, of course, we rent, and I'm pretty sure the the, the property owners wouldn't be best pleased. Yeah. If um. If I had a, if I erected yeah. a towering lump of stone. In what is, let's be honest, quite a small garden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, um, it is genuinely, Matt, not kidding. It is something I daydream about if I've ever got my own place. Right, well, I'll um, just, uh, just put that on the ideas board. <laughs> anyway, um, where do you want to start when it comes to uh, features? I mean, well, we can. Do, do you want to workshop a new feature idea, or should we stick with the tried and tested and uh, get? Have I got who's for you out of the way? Right. Well, I, I, I've come up with a new feature, and I know everyone will be thinking I'm going to do some magic play on words of Neil of the Week. But yeah. yesterday, David, I was in town, and I bumped yeah. into our mutual friend. Roy. Ah, oh, good old Roy. He was. This is this is an, a boring analogy to get to a certain point in the story. Don't worry. He was right. in town because okay. he was updating his driver's license, and right. where we live, the post office can be found in W. H. Smith's. Mm-hmm. So I was in W. H. Smith's, and he was taking forever. And David, I, I got so bored, I broke the final taboo of our podcast. And I, I bought a copy of Doctor Who magazine. <laughs> one of us, one of us. <laughs> Six pounds, 99 bastard pence spent on it. <laughs> so here's our, here's our new segment, David. Okay. It's called Let, L-E-T, Us, U-S, Letters. It's called Let Us Letters. Letters, letters. Yeah. I see. And I, I thought we'd just see what the people that write into Doctor Who magazine have got to say for themselves. <laughs> okay. Now, sure. I, I thought there'd be some sort of, like, agony ant section where they could write in and just go, oh, I'm looking for a certain episode, and we could solve that mystery for them. But it turns mm-hmm. out they, they just write their opinions, just whatever they think. 
They just yep, blurt it out cool. and it gets put in the page. So I'm almost certainly going to write in this month. Let's see if we can get okay. that. Okay. Although it doesn't, it doesn't list what topics they want you to write in about. It, they, they, there's just a common theme of random letters. Uh, it tends to be uh, if there's like, if you know, if there's recent news, people will will write in about their opinions on recent news. Uh, if, if an episode's out or something, people will give their thoughts on the episodes. Uh, and also, uh, if you if you if you praise a feature in a previous edition of Doctor Who magazine, you're pretty much guaranteed to be printed. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, there, there's four sort of topics of conversation. So I thought one edition of this magazine is going to do us a month. You know? Yeah, sure. So we can... What do you want? Do you want topic one, two, three of a star letter? Oh, should we start strong and go with a star letter? Right, here we go, David. I'm going to read you the star letter. If you've got this uh, edition, uh, it's the August 2022, issue 580. It's got some Daleks on yep. the front. Uh, and the yep. star letter, Lovely David, cover. comes from Mr. Colin Maxwell. Hopefully yep. he's listening. Big fan of the show. Hello to you, Colin. Right, this is, uh, I believe it's his account of when he first saw Doctor Who and the Daleks. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Right. I first saw the film Doctor Who and the Daleks at my local cinema, The Troxy, in Leven, Scotland. It was a Saturday matinee, sometime around the late 1970s. My little brother and I were dropped off by my mum, and laden with sweets, we entered the old cinema for the first time without adult company. This is a spellbinding letter. I can see why it's the star letter this month, David. It's like I'm there with Colin Maxwell. The crowd of youngsters were rowdy as they waited for the film to start. The usher had to reprimand several of the crowd, threatening them with expulsion. Popcorn and sweet wrappers ricocheted across the auditorium. As the opening titles started, the audience stamped their feet and roared like lions. But as the titles faded into the first scene, so the lion roar also faded. First to a whimper, and then to silence. He, he should write for Doctor Who. This man knows how to tell a story. Mm -hmm. The bold Technicolor transfixed the youngsters for the next hour and 22 minutes. Very specific. As, well, that is the length of the film. Well, he could have just said hour and a half of duration of the film. <laughs> okay. And along with my brother, I was transported to the planet Scarrow and the terrifying city of the Daleks with no sofa to provide scant protection or temporary refuge. Afterwards... We stared at the poster advertising the next week's film, Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 AD, intent on returning for the next instalment. Alas, it was not to be, and it would be several years before we'd finally see the Daleks in frighteningly familiar territory, this time being straight onto the flickering cathode ray tube of our rented colour television, and glimpsed only from behind the black vinyl sofa that dominated the small room. Wow. Colin, I can see why you're the star letter and you win a copy of the audiobook Emancipation of the Daleks, which features the 12th Doctor and Bill. 
Whoa. Mm. Now, something tips me off that maybe there's a touch of sarcasm in your appraisal there. Um, but I, I would, I would posit to you, Matt, that you'd have to have a heart of stone to not find that a charming little anecdote. Yeah. Good old Colin. That is, that is, you know, a, a cherished childhood memory that that, man has has carried carried with him for you know getting on 50 years at this point more than potentially i'm trying to think 66 so anyway i can't do the maths too late today um but yeah you know do you have um, an early cinema memory an earliest cinema memory uh early cinema memory for me is uh seeing uh aladdin with my parents at, uh, I forget the name of the cinema, whatever the local, the local flea pit c- cinema in Daventry was. See, I, I can remember seeing, like, the Flintstones film with John Goodman and The Lion King. Oh, yes. I went to see that with my grandparents. And Beethoven, yeah. that film about a big dog. But uh, that that was that was a that was a strictly uh, taped off the telly affair for me, Beethoven. Um, that. What what happened to but th- those films were massive in the nineties. Yeah, there was a whole genre of film that was just about families like accruing inconvenient animals. Yeah, like that, uh, that really has just gone the way of the dodo as as a genre, hasn't it? Yeah, like I remember. I think there's one called Dunstan Checks In, which is about a monkey. Um, yeah. Other than that, I can't there's, really remember any. I mean, well, I I guess it's slightly it's a slightly more fantastical bed, but there's Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, uh, there's one I believe called Prehysteria, where a little boy gets some tiny dinosaurs that live with him. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I, I distinctly remember, like Beethoven would be on the telly all the time. Yeah, and and obviously there were there were several director video sequels as well. Uh, I distinctly I recall because my childhood friend had them all. Like, you know, actual, not taped off the telly, but proper shop bought VHS copies of like every Beethoven film. Yeah, for there was, reasons that elude me. There was. Free Willy was massive, and that had loads of sequels as well, wasn't God, it? God, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember how and big Free Willy just, was? Like. Yeah, and nope. Uh, who in their right mind is watching Free Willy? In yeah. 2022. Well, now we've got that... Is it called Blackfish? About, you know, the real horrors of SeaWorld. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it, it's a... Strange old bit of business. Uh, the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All those films. Like... Yeah. Um, well, anyway, uh, let us know, listeners, if, you, if you've enjoyed this feature... Yeah. Lettuce, letters. Yeah, because if not, it's easy enough for us to kill it dead. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're committed for the next uh, three weeks at least. Yeah, I've spent seven quid on this feature. <laughs> that is quite literally more than I think I've spent on anything to do with this podcast. It's most likely. Yeah. Um. Right then, uh, I, I suppose it's time for Have I Got Who's For You? Yeah. I'm going to be honest, Matt. 
I'm a little nervous. Okay. Because there was some pretty significant Doctor Who related news a couple of days ago that was quite sad. Yep. I suppose we should just acknowledge it. Um, I can't believe we didn't open with it, to be honest. I've totally forgotten about that till just now. Yeah, I, I, I kind of half wondered whether we should. But, um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to get get it out of the way rather than going to one of the many pieces on it and then we can uh, we can do something uh, a bit a bit uh, a bit less uh, emotionally taxing for what I uh, have I got who's for you. Um, but anyway, yes, of course, um, since we last spoke, Matt, uh, Bernard Cribbins has uh, passed away. Yeah. And um, whilst the the initial news is sad, you know, there's no yeah. there's no way to go about that. The absolute outpouring of admiration has yeah. been incredible. Yeah, you know, like I think... for everything he's done, the the stuff I didn't even know he was involved in, but I'm a fan of. <laughs> you know, yeah, like I, I I had no idea. I think he maybe still is. But at one point he was he'd done the most appearances on Jack and Nori. Yep. And you know, that was something I used to love as a child. And mm-hmm. you know, it anything that encourages reading in children is good. That's my teacher hat stuff. Uh, I mean but, oh, absolutely. I mean, he is I, I, I think was Britain's best children's narrator. Yeah, but w- without a shadow of a doubt, like I mean, I mean, to give you one specific example, um, my my son, little Zorbs, has got an audio book of uh, Raymond Briggs' The Snowman. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the the orchestral soundtrack from the animated film with a sort of um, descriptive text, um, you know, retelling the story. Now that could. In lesser hands, that could maybe a bit be a bit of a chore to listen to, mm-hmm. but it's Cribbins doing the narration, and the the way he tells that story matched with the music, it comes to life almost more vividly than the animated film does, mm-hmm. which is incredible when you think how what a wonderful piece of animation that film is, um, and. Mm-hmm. I, there, like, there, there are. Yeah, sorry. I, I, no, I can't. On. I can't speak for Cribbins, but I always yeah. got the feeling like I, I went through and looked at the some of the things he was involved with, and I get yeah. the feeling it was never a job to him. Like I feel he mm. like understood the responsibility of being a children's entertainer. That yeah. can be, you know, it could be considered quite a trivial thing to do. But I think he yeah. really understood how impactful and how important it can be. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 without a shadow of a doubt. And, I mean, we've got to mention some of his more comedic work as well. Uh, some amazing novelty songs from um, the early 60s. Right, I've listened to Right Said Fred several times this week. Yeah. Hole in the Ground. Absolute banger. Uh, some of, the, some of the, the less well-known ones that I absolutely love. Gossip Calypso. Um, is is well worth a listen if you've never heard it. The one I shared on Twitter, personal favourite, I Go A Bundle, um, which is a, is a really sweet little song with some uh, rather tongue-in-cheek lyrics. Um, 
and of course like some some great comedic performances um from the, uh, the one that most springs to mind for me is um when he plays the spoon salesman in the episode of faulty towers uh, the hotel inspectors yeah which yeah. is one of one of the finest comedic performances i think i've ever seen mm. um and uh, John Cleese has actually said, you know, that was one of the only times when, when they were uh, filming Faulty Towers that the regular cast felt like they actually had to up their game just to stay on on the level Cribbins was at. Yeah. Um, and and of course, we mustn't forget his uh, his several Doctor Who credits, most notably, of course, Wilf. I mean, he absolutely just melted the heart of an entire nation yeah and Stole many nerds from around the world um with with his performance like if, uh, if you think Doctor about Hill. how flashy tenant's performance was and he's playing second yeah. fiddle to cribbins <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? absolutely i mean it, it, end of time in particular tenant's regeneration story and the bits that i really cling on to from that story are all of cribbins scenes yeah See, that, without without those that 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 story would be nigh on unwatchable for me, but he 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 makes those moments, see, a, you know, a, shine. A personal one. I'm just going to throw the wombles out there. Yeah, you know, got to. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. and of course, um, to, just to ra- just to round up the other Doctor Who credits, um, of course he played, um. One of the lead roles in the second of the two Cushing Dalek films, uh, Dalek's Invasion of Earth, uh, which was one that I grew up with. Again, taped off the telly. And um, if I had known, I mean, timing wise, we, you know, no, no one could have seen it coming. But um, we did we did uh, an eighth Doctor Big finished story uh, last week. And had, had I but known, we would have instead done... Um, the horror of glam rock, which is um, an eighth Doctor story in which Cribbins plays a major supporting role, mm-hmm. um, which was I think a couple of years before he 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 was uh, cast uh, for the TV version. Um, so I think he's probably one of only a handful of actors to have actually appeared in Doctor Who on film, audio, and TV. Yeah, I mean, you know, how how many feathers does he need in his cap? Basically, you know, uh, basically, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a I man mean, who has done it all. Yeah, um, I think the word legend gets thrown around a little too liberally sometimes, uh, but you know, I I have no hesitation in saying that Cribbins was is and always shall be an absolute legend an an icon of uh, british entertainment mm-hmm. and uh i don't think he's I, I sincerely hope that he's never forgotten no no so he'll be missed he'll be missed yeah hugely hugely um but anyway, so I'm 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 going to be skipping over the 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 obituaries and things on that because I kind of I thought it was more important that we speak from the heart than uh, get some journalist take on that story. Um, tell you what, we talked about was I was it last week we talked about the potential Disney Plus thing, 
Yeah. Den of Geek have got a speculative article here. What would a Disney Plus deal mean for Doctor Who? Do you fancy a, a butcher's at that? Yeah, let's let's keep that thread going. Yeah. Let's see what they've got to say on the matter. So this is from uh, Chris Farnell, writing for Den of Geek. <coughs> Sorry, bear with me one moment. There we go. This week, Bloomberg reported a rumour that Disney is in discussions with the BBC to acquire streaming rights to a new series of Doctor Who. The rumour has spawned a lot of takes, despite the report itself pointing out that talks are in early stages and nothing is guaranteed. Some have pointed to the ambiguity of the phrase right to a new Doctor Who series, wondering if the deal concerns the next season starring Shooty Gatwell as the 14th Doctor or whether there is an as yet unannounced spin-off spawned from new Bad Wolf Studios subsidiary Hooniverse One Limited, which was filed for earlier this year. It's more likely that this deal simply concerns international streaming rights for the show. Doctor Who will not be leaving its home on the BBC and would air on BBC One as usual, but also stream internationally through Disney+. The report says the BBC would also air the programme, but doesn't specify whether that would extend to channels such as BBC America, who have previously broadcast Doctor Who. This in itself is not even particularly big news. Disney Plus already streams the Australian ABC-BBC co-production Bluey, Brilliant show. You know we love Bluey here. Yeah. And Russell T. Davis's own It's a Sin can be found on the streaming platform only 18 months after its first broadcast on Channel 4. So there's no need to worry yet about the fourth new Doctor joining the legions of characters who now hilariously technically count as a Disney princess. But it still does highlight a worrying trend regarding what the Doctor's future will look like as the BBC finds itself pushed further towards the private sector. Series 14 will be different from previous seasons of Doctor Who because its production is effectively outsourced to production company Bad Wolf Studios. Now, given Bad Wolf Studios, directors include Judy Garner and Jane Tranter, uh, Russell T. Davis's collaborators during his written run of Doctor Who, the clue is in Bad Wolf's name, uh, this might not seem alarm alarming either. But it brings about the question, after nearly 60 years of public ownership, who owns Doctor Who? Times has reported the deal could see the BBC miss out on £40 million in commercial revenue per every 10 episodes of the show produced. But given that the Times has a well-known anti-BBC slant and the BBC has emphasised that it will continue to run Doctor Who and its associate properties, from a commercial angle, this should be taken with a pinch of salt. Something worth being aware of is that Bad Wolf itself has recently had a major stake in the company purchased by Sony Television Pictures. Now, again, we know that the team of Gardner, Tranter and Davis is one that has shepherded Doctor Who very well in the past and nobody could accuse them of not caring about the show. Indeed, Davis himself has been a vocal proponent of publicly owned broadcasting, using his platform at the South Bank Sky Arts Award to call Tories liars and murderers. Brackets, we like Russell T. Davis. Have you have you seen that, Matt? What's his that? speech no. at that uh, award ceremony. That's worth a, a look. Um, worth looking up. Uh, they've actually, <laughs> they've uh, they've selected a couple of words, but it, it it's worth hearing in full what he had to say there because it was um, uh, refreshingly direct. I think it's fair to say. Um, they're selling Channel Four and they're stopping the license fee by twenty twenty seven, and we have to realise that the Tories are very uh, say 
sorry, realize the things the Tories say they'll do, they do. They're very good at that. That's a quote from RTD there from that uh, speech. In a world where media corporations seem to be devouring one another like the city's immortal engines, while institutions owned by the people as a whole are being eroded on every side, you can be forgiven for being concerned when you see one of the few publicly owned IPs move from being produced in-house to being produced by a smaller company. The being uh, produced by a subsidiary of one of the biggest media corporations out there. Um, last section here. Of course, there is another angle on this. We know that Disney has gone out of its way to acquire Fox, in turn granting Marvel the film rights to the X-Men and Fantastic Four once again. This combined with the deal with Sony to acquire the rights to Spider-Man shows the company is intent on gaining control of the IP it needs to fully adapt Marvel Comics on screen. If Disney and Sony came to an agreement over Spider-Man, maybe they can come to another deal. Could this be an opportunity to finally see Shooty Gatwa act out uh, this page of Death Hand issue eight in glorious blockbuster level live action extravaganza. There is a uh, a link that I don't know what Death Hand is. Oh, it's a Fantastic Four thing. Ah, uh, oh, yes, yeah, it's um uh, a Fantastic Four uh, comic where the Doctor makes a cameo. Ah, okay. I've seen that before. Yeah. Um. We could finally see the Doctor parking the TARDIS on the roof of the Baxter building to drop off Death's Head. Uh, I said Death's Hand, it's Death's Head, sorry. Anyway, on the one hand, the constant aggregation of the entire sum of human creativity into a single monstrous asset portfolio is nightmarish and dystopian. But on the other hand, crossovers are pretty cool. That kind of, that very neatly summarises my very complex feelings on the matter. Yeah. Um, it sums it up. Yeah. It's a tricky one, isn't it? It is a tricky one. Like, I still haven't really come to terms with the whole... Uh, the BBC not directly producing Doctor Who, but instead outsourcing it to Bad Wolf Studios. Because on the one hand, you look at the people involved, and you're like, oh, that's a safe pair of hands. But on the other, you're like, this is, this is a huge change for Doctor Who behind mm -hmm. the scenes. And I think it's a one-way street. I don't think I don't think now that that's happened, it's ever coming back. And it leaves the door open to potentially in the future, the BBC effectively losing the rights altogether. You know, and it just becoming yet another IP to be, you know, snatched at, like, like a slice of bread tossed into a duck pond. <laughs> Yeah, but I just uh, hope it maintains. You know, you've said it time and time again. It is so quintessentially British. I don't want yes. us to have... Well, we've seen what happened when the uh, Doctor goes to America. It didn't go particularly well for him, did it? Um, mm. You know, so... Although, you know, if we got Grace back from the TV movie, that'd be lovely. Yeah, I mean... I don't think I don't think that would be a, a a big enough compensation for the sacrifice of essentially letting Doctor Who. I I yeah I just I I don't mind the idea of Doctor Who being streamed internationally by Disney Plus. I think that's great potentially for the visibility of the show around the globe because I think Disney Plus has very quickly become one of the biggest 
global streaming services mm-hmm. out there. Um, and the idea of it being, you know, standardised for everywhere in the world, that's great. And that would only help the, the po- profile of the show. But, yeah, I don't want Disney to be a creative partner in it in any significant way. Yeah. You know, I look at what they've done with Star Wars and... You know, I'm not saying that they've they've absolutely ruined it or anything, but it's like the fact that they won't just. It feels like they won't that they're not just going to let it be what it is. It, it you know it's constantly trying to squeeze more, more juice, of what is an increasingly dried out husk, of a franchise. Yeah. Um, and I would hate to see Doctor Who go go that direction. We'd best move on, Matt. Yeah. Haven't we? Yeah, we've got Because uh, we, we've got an episode of Torchwood to talk about. Hooray. Here yeah. We go. Yeah. Um, did we have any listener thoughts on this episode before we get yours? Oh, of course we did. Of course we did. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, as always, I should have known it was time to pull them up. And now I'm just scrolling back through my phone. Here we go. Right. Mm. Uh, first up is James Swift. Say hello, David. Hello, James. Uh, James says, it's the sex monster one. Okay, I really like Torchwood as a show. It was my favourite of the two spin-offs, but unfortunately, we get a pretty awful second episode. Yeah. Um, I... I I I I don't think it's uh, a spoiler for me to tip my hat at this point. Uh, I I agree. Okay. Next up is BT Flippity yeah. Giggard. Say hello, David. Greetings, curator. Who says, Ah, yes, the second best Torchwood episode called Day One. You quickly <laughs> realise when watching Torchwood that there are some writers who shouldn't be allowed to be horny. Thank God Chibnall decided to make his era of Doctor Who completely sexless. It could have been so much worse. <sighs> yeah, fair. Okay. Uh, next up, it's the Cloister Bell Boys. Say hello, David. Hello, Cloister Bell. Now, uh, what day is it today? Saturday. On Monday, yeah. the Cloister Bell and I, along with Harry and the rest of the uh, After Show gang, are getting together to make some plans, David. Because what we're going to do whilst there's no Doctor Who. Well, um, I've no idea. Yeah. So, I don't know. We, we've we said we might stream it, but it might actually just be like a meeting. <laughs> you know those things we never do? Yeah. Could be like that. Yeah. We, we do all of our planning on pod. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, yeah. The Cloister Bell says, Not to be confused with the Series 3 episode with the same name and title. But day one probably took the adult direction of the show a bit too literally. To say it was an awkward one to watch with the parents would be an understatement. To be fair, though, it's well written. Not Chibnall's worst, and it was acted well. This and the previous episode were first broadcast as a double bill, which was nice. It's one I'm sure I'll watch again. Yeah, I would agree with that point, that... that um, the, the sort of... The dialogue and the performances are not are not the issue here. No. Yeah. 
It's it's certainly not one. It's it, this isn't an excuse for for you know an hour of criminal uh, criminal bashing. Right. Next up is the Who Can Convince You podcast. Say hello, David. Hello, Who Can Convince You podcast. And they say all I will say is Eve Miles kissed me. She was drunk. That is all. Now you can't just drop that and and not add any detail to yeah. that story. Maybe she was we possessed by some sexy smoke. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Right, next up, James Courtney sends a series of jokes, but they didn't make me laugh, David, so I'm going to skip his tweet. <laughs> then we have a message from Kimberly. Say hello, David. Hi, Kimberly. Uh, who says, I don't think there could be any further extremes between two projects than going between Sarah Jane and this episode especially. It sure is something, all right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. It's um Imagine if this sexy a... smoke was on Bannerman Road. <laughs> Doesn't bear thinking about. Yeah, Maria's mum running around like a mad one. Right. Oh god. And the last tweet this week comes from Sonia. Say hello, David. Hi Sonia. Who says, I just finished watching it and wow, awkward. It's not one I should have watched whilst my dad was at my house helping my husband put up the drywall. I think the awkwardness and creepiness of that Owen guy and the snogging session with Gwen made it a bit of a rough watch. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that that sounds very awkward. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, sorry, Sonia. Yeah. It's all right. It might be better next week. Uh, yeah. That, it might, that could be might. optimistic, wishful thinking. Okay, so Matt, let's let's uh, let's get this over and done with. Uh, good episode or bad episode for day one? I, 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 I want to second what you said. I don't think the performance was that bad, mm. but the story is absolutely abhorrent. Like so it, many yeah. needless bits just thrown in for like, like did we really need to see a man having a wank? Oh, God, did, no. Did we really need a needless, gratuitous lesbian kiss? Yeah. You know? With, uh, okay. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that more in, in, in more depth, I think, as we get on. But, but yeah, the, the, the bottom line for this is it is... It's not grown up. It's just grubby. Yeah, and I, I know we've talked about it so many times, and I don't want to rake up old dirt. But, like, yeah. knowing what we know about John Barrowman, I did not enjoy seeing him, especially making, like, crass, rude jokes about sex. No. Um, I mean, I, I, I messaged my partner after I finished watching this, saying I, I genuinely feel like, at the moment, Tor- Torchwood ought to be renamed uh, The Toxic Work Environment Files. Yeah. <laughs> it is... The fact that these people are colleagues and they spend this entire episode uh, insulting one another, sexually harassing one another, yeah. um, flagrantly disregarding one another's safety. Um, the whole thing is just like... And, and, and Barrowman, you know... Uh, sorry, Captain Jack, you know, 
he's meant to be this sort of inspiring team leader with this ragtag bunch of uh, of experts, but he just comes across as a, a, a negligent and uh, unsuitable um, uh, leader. Like that, he should not be in charge of a team of people. So, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy no. it. I survived it. No. That's probably the best thing I can say. Yeah, likewise. It's it's um, uh, yeah. It, it 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 to say this episode leaves a bad taste in the mouth is an understatement. Um, it's just, and it's dreary as well. Like for some for a sh- for a. I I don't know if the aim was actually to to, to kind of be like oh we can do sexy stuff so let's do a sexy episode of of, of sci-fi horror but the end result is like one of the least sexy 45 minutes of TV I've ever watched plus like just nothing good ever happens in the world of Torchwood does it you know, no, like it's, it's, they're all sort of having like grim. a little family meal eating their Chinese, but they're all being awful to each other. And Gwen, yeah. Gwen goes on a lovely date with her partner, but it's all ramping up to them having a shag. You know, but like, yeah, it's not romantic, is it? It's just, it's almost unpleasant. Yeah, like I say, that my 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 key word for this for this episode is just grubby. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Right, before we jump into it, I'm going to give you two minutes whilst I quickly go switch my slow cooker on to warm my tea up. So, right, okay. you're off the floor. Why don't you sing some cribbins? And I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about putting me on the spot. Um, I can, you know what? I love them, but I don't know that I know any of the words off by heart. Um... You know what? I, um, because Matt said he was going to be using DWM uh, for a feature this week, I've I grabbed my copy of DWM, so I'm just going to have a little flick through it, listeners, whilst you're with me. Um, some lovely features this month. Um, a nice interview with uh, Jason Fleming, the actor who was uh, the son of uh, Gordon Fleming, who directed the two Cushing Dalek movies. A lot, lot of stuff in here about, about the Cushing Couldn't shift uh, movies, it, couldn't even nice. lift it. We was getting nowhere, and, and so, so we, we had a cup of tea. Right, said Fred. <laughs> what a song. Uh, anyway. Right, I'm back if you haven't Bang noticed. It. Yeah. Right, shall we do day one? Let's do it. Right, so it should be done. Season one, episode two, written by Chris Chibnall, directed by Brian Kelly. Yeah, it aired on BBC Three on the twenty second of October two thousand and six, but then aired on oh. BBC Two the twenty second. Two thousand and six suddenly feels like a very long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah, I would have been twenty one. Yeah, it was before yeah. I even knew you, David. It is, yeah. And I think it's important to remember that. Like, I think a lot of the stuff that makes this episode feel super icky at this point was just a little more 
I guess, a little more normal back then. Yeah. In a weird way. You know, it was... It well, was... like throwing chisels at each other. We were all doing that back in the day. <laughs> we were, oh, we were mad for it. And, you know, first it was pogs and then it was chisels. Yeah. Kids today with their fidget spinners. God. <laughs> They don't know what they're Give them a chisel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, come on, let's get this over and done with. Right, so Gwen goes bowling with her partner, Reese, and a meteor approaches and crashes. Gwen's phone does a little beep. Good to date. I always date programs by the use of their mobile phone. She's got an old, horrible, flippy mm-hmm. phone, Samsung thing. And she gets yeah. a little text that just says, Torchwood. It's not helpful. Great. Not helpful instructions. No. Well, I, maybe she's just being reminded what TV show she's acting in. Right now, she's I'm, like, "Oh yeah, I've got to, got to do got to do my torchwood face." I'm going to ask you this week's big question, David. Okay. What is better, the introduction to Torchwood or the intro sequence of Sarah Jane Adventures? Sarah Jane Adventures, because at least it's trying. Yeah. This, this is just like, hey, remember the Matrix? Well, now it's red. <laughs> yeah. And it's also very much of that era where we decided that TV shows weren't allowed a title sequence of more than 15 seconds, mm. um, which I'm not a fan of. Give me a proper tune. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, uh, this just should be better. That's the main thing I can say about this. Yeah. Right. It feels cheap and rushed and, yeah, not good. Anyway. i tell you what, class is better than this. Right. Oh, I bet. So, Captain Jack leads a team on cleanup. So, Gwen's with him. We've got Tosh and we've got Owen driving. But the army Mm. and the police are already there. So, Captain Jack turns up. He just talks down to the army as if that's acceptable, and they just let him get away with it. Um, They investigate the meteorite, and everyone's talking down to Gwen, because this is like her first mission, so Mm -hmm. she's not entirely certain what she's meant to be doing. So, just to get back at them, she just throws a chisel at Owen. (laughs) Like, imagine if that hit him. Right between the eyes, end of the episode. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely, um, yeah. It, 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 the series would have taken a turn, that's for sure. I mean, to be fair, Owen, I think, is the worst character. But and on this we, show, we'll get to it when I've written it in my notes. He is horrible, but yeah, he's the only one that's good at his job. Uh, that's true, but uh, don't forget. I don't know whether you re- you rewatched the previous episode as a, to refresh your memory, but back in episode one, he. He does. I can't remember whether he successfully. He certainly attempts to date rape someone. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember? He he certainly has a go in this one as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, not not a. Yeah, so so, I wouldn't say it would be a great loss if the chisel had had uh, taken him out. Right. But anyway, but the chisel. Yeah, but it just lets out the alien gas. Yeah, instead. it hits the meteor, releases the purple gas. So then we yeah. cut to a girl who we later find out is called Karis on the phone yeah. to her boyfriend, partner, whoever, who has is seeing somebody else, and Karis is like the bit on the side, and she wants him to leave his partner for Karis. 
Um, mm -hmm. But then she inhales the purple gas. Now, I correct me if I'm wrong here, because this I might be yeah. way, way off. When the gas approaches Karis, I know that she breathes yeah. in, but does it touch her erogenous zones? It kind of forks out into fingers. Oh, oh God. It, you know, it might do. I'm going to be brutally honest, Matt. I, I watched some of this episode this week on my phone whilst I was doing the washing up. Right. Um, um, I, I didn't want I, to rewind I, it and watch it again in case I was right, yeah. but it certainly seemed like it was like... It, it, it was upstairs and downstairs, David, and I don't feel comfortable <laughs> okay. saying any more than that. Okay, you know what? I I wouldn't put it past them. That's all I'll say. Right. So maybe our listeners can can clarify that for us. Yeah, please don't. We'll we'll move on next week and pretend this episode never happened. So mm -hmm. she goes around the corner and snogs a bouncer, and then yep. goes into a nightclub where she's kind of stalking a lad. And I've yep. written in my notes she takes him into the toilet to grope him. Because I, I couldn't uh -huh. imagine... I'm, I'm used to Doctor Who sensibilities. I didn't think we'd see much more than that, David. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But no, then we get... His orgasm we, we, kills him. He, yes, yeah. Yeah. That that happens, that happens. He turns into sort of just just a bit of sparkly dust. Yeah. Which gets absorbed by Karis. It, it is worth yeah. noting at this point, just to do our bit of public service, David, if... Yeah. If any of our listeners or their friends and family have ever, you know, suffered and turned to dust as a result of an orgasm, you can use, you know, the NHS Direct to get support on that or just speak to your GP. Yeah. If you're concerned yes. about that, yeah. sexual health, it's as important as other aspects of physical health. So Absolutely. If, if you are turning people to dust in the bedroom, just speak to your GP. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Make an appointment. I just might thought be, might be two or three weeks before you, you get one, but it's worth yeah worth at least investigating. I just thought it was important, you know, that we consider the health of our listeners. There, absolutely. So yeah, so he orgasms himself to death. Uh, yeah. Gwen is back at Torchwood HQ, apologising for her mistake. Why is Torchwood HQ got chain everywhere? Like, I got it when it was like a little banister why, why for the stairs is... and there was like platforms, but they were just using it to v divide sections of a room. Yeah, the, the, the design of the Torchwood HQ makes no sense to me. Why does they have their logo painted on a brick wall like it's the London Underground or something? Yeah, yeah. Why, why do they have so much perspex and just uh why, why? sort of like, like low quality warehouse shelving why are they using the doctor's hand as a paperweight yes why is it just out yeah um then yeah i forgot about this character ianto the uh torchwood butler you know yeah he's just the alfred isn't he's he sure yeah sure is there yeah, well, he tells them about this boy dying in the nightclub. So they go, right. and one of the policemen recognises Gwen. Doesn't really mean yep. anything, that scene. It's just like, oh, say hello to everyone for me. To Bye. be honest, I liked that scene, because I liked the 
I like what it did for for Gwen's character when because she's trying to act like she's mates and nothing's changed. But then she kind of has to pull rank on him, and then he just sort of mutters, "Oh, you're the boss of me now, are you?" So, sort of by falling in with the Torchwood crowd, she's already kind of burning her bridges. Yeah. Um. I I I thought to be honest, it was one of the best scenes of the episode. To be fair, probably because it's it. That, that, it was one of the least gross scenes. That that would be my reaction if I saw you walking down the street with John Barrowman. I'd be like, <laughs> I love David. God. Right. Oh, no. um, so, yeah, yeah, they ask the bouncer how he realised someone had died in the toilet, and it's because he was oh. watching on CCTV and did a little dirty whilst he was watching. Oh, with you all the way, mate. <laughs> with you all the way, mate. Yeah. He says. Yeah. I, oh, my goodness. Like, that was it. Lowest point of the episode? Yeah, possibly. Maybe not, like, actually. Like... I hope it comes across to people that listen to this. Because I, I, I think me and you, David, most things are fair yeah. game and we enjoy making each other laugh. But I don't enjoy yeah. crass sexual humour like that. It just it doesn't make me laugh. It just makes me feel really uncomfortable and I don't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And, and to to be and to be clear, I think we're both like sex positive people. Oh, one hundred percent. It's like, but it's, but, but you know, I, I, ultimately, this is not, that, that's not what this is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this episode of Torchwood is just, yeah, it, uh, oh, I don't, I, and like I say, I don't blame Trimble for this because I imagine this was a case that this was a premise given to him by RTD. Torchwood was RTD's baby. Um, I'm sure he had a list of of concepts that he wanted to explore, and it was basically he'd been given carte blanche to do grown up Doctor Who, and so almost like they have to get it out of their system, I guess. Like, oh, we can do sexy stuff, so let's do. It's like it's it it's like the sort of thing you can imagine a slightly more chaste version of on Buffy. Yeah, yeah. You know, where it would have been maybe maybe snogging rather than but than full-blown... I, I just get the feeling uh, it's a new series and they're just doing this for the sake of saying, hey, look what we're doing. Pretty cool, Yeah, huh? yeah. And it yeah. just doesn't work. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think probably time has been particularly unkind to this sort of thing. So... In 2006, it might have felt like it was breaking some taboos and doing something exciting that hadn't been seen before. But 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 in 2022, it just looks misjudged. What, what did you think to the joke when the guy disappears and turns into smoke and John Barrowman says, hey, he just came and went? Uh, unnecessary. A man's just lost his life. Yeah, I think even back then, if I was 21 watching this on broadcast, I don't think I'd have laughed at that joke. No. Right. So, they plant a body to make it look like suicide. Yeah. Oh, that's the other aspect of this that, that, that made me uncomfortable, regardless of all the sex stuff. Uh, the uh, Torchwood are not good. They're not good at their jobs, and the way in which they 
um, just basically uh, behave in a way that is above the law. Yeah. I'm very uncomfortable. All, all I thought that at that as a point, concept. if you're going to plant a body to make it look like two, what do you think the doctor would have made of that? If, if yeah. like, who would it have been at this point? Tenant, right? Imagine he just walks through the door and he's like, all right, Jack, what are you up to? I don't think he'd be cool with that. <laughs> I don't think it would either. And also the fact that the justification for it is, you know, um, oh, well, it's kinder on the parents. Well, it's kinder that, that, that they think their son, their son that, that they had previously had no clue he had, had any kind of mental difficulties, you know, um, any kind of emotional troubles, uh, out of the blue just seems to take his own life. Yeah. That's going to be a more comforting thing for them. But like, That's going to make, make the, the resultant therapy easier, is it? But, like, at the end, when Captain Jack's got the hand and he's like, oh, you don't know how important this is, he's really misunderstood the Doctor's message and his teachings. He's, I'll tell you what it is, right? right? It's the equivalent of the Westboro Baptist Church to Christianity. If, if, the, doctor, <laughs> if the Doctor is Christ, Torchwood is the Westboro Baptist Church. Oh man, yeah. Just it totally misconstrued. Maybe it'll teachings. get better. Right. Maybe it'll get better. Okay. So they watch some CCTV of the girl inhaling the gas. Karis is at home talking to her dad. They do a scan to see where the meteorite comes from. Karis has a little cry. There's no fingerprint match and facial recognition, and it's unclear. So all this technology, and it's just absolutely rubbish. And even in the end, they go, oh, there's 119 facial recognition matches. Well, I'll give you a clue. It's probably the one that lives in Cardiff, right? <laughs> if it's like, oh, it could be this girl from Bournemouth, I'd probably strike yeah. that from the list. I don't think she's gone on a yeah. mad night out in Cardiff. Uh, but Ianto still uh, volunteers to, like, go through that list of 119. Yeah, and it, there was men. Uh. There was photos of men. I'd probably rule them out too. Just, you know, it gives him a bit of busy work, doesn't it? Yeah, all right. Keeps him out of trouble. So, Karis is in pain and she begins to sleep with the postman till Torchwood catch her. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I put Owen is the only one who's good at his job, but rightly they all hate him. <laughs> um, yep, fair. Gwen puts Karis in a big inflatable energy cell type thing. Uh, uh-huh. to question her, and Karis begins to freak out. This is where the gas monster begins to speak to Gwen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we find out the alien just wants orgasm energy. It's like a drug, yeah. isn't it? It says there's no yeah. greater high. Um, sure. So then G- Gwen and Karis kiss for a bit. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, look, that... On its own, sure. If you t- if you go with the est- with the established premise of the episode, sure, fine. Uh, but the way in which it is handled is so gratuitous. Yeah. Especially the 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 dialogue between it's it's Owen, Tosh, and Jack all all rubbernecking. Yeah, I. Um, I don't like the amount of voyeurism in this episode. Yeah, and also they've already established 
uh, with considerable credibility that this entity is capable of making someone orgasm to death. Yeah. And she, so they effectively, they are watching an alien attempting to murder their new colleague. And they're all just, and they're all just like, whoa. Yeah, best record some of that for later. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, and especially that's someone you've got to work with every day. Yeah. You know, they sat around eating Chinese. Well, assuming that they do do decide to intervene before the alien successfully murders her. Yeah. Which is, I I want to be clear, what it is currently attempting to do in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, it turns out the alien needs a male orgasm. Uh, right. Um, so Reese. Uh, I I I love I love it when my uh, a bit of a heteronormative. Oh, yeah. uh, this in 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 my uh, alien sex monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we do get some. Jeez. Oh, we do get some weird queer representation later on this episode, don't we? Like. Oh it, boy, do we! It's entirely just dropped in for the sake of it, but. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, Reese calls Gwen, and we see the monster from the previous episode. They they all eat Chinese and have a right laugh. They are having a hoot uh, until they yep. all work out they know nothing about Captain Jack. Also, I, 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 look, I don't want to get hung up on logistics and stuff, but have they not heard of like a shift system? Should have somebody be on duty? No, no, no. It's, when they have, it's the when they have holding system. cells can. Either everyone works or no one works. That's the Torchwood way. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it operates similarly to when I worked at B&Q. You were all there in the morning (laughs) to open up and you're all there at the end to lock up. Right. Right. Um, So, yeah, uh, Gwen decides to keep working as Carries is in agony. Uh, Gwen stresses the importance of the human element of this case and wants to bring in Karis's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the alien is secreting sex pheromones. That's why Gwen was so enamoured by it. And we see Owen is in the cell having been seduced. And uh, yeah. when he's got his hands on his willy, uh, Gwen says, I bet you feel a bit of a little cock. Great. So witty. Great. So witty. It, it's nice to see she's immediately um, sort of fitting in with the with the workplace in, um, uh, environment. Yeah, just absolute know, toxic which... attitude. Rather than calling him out on it, it's just like, oh, yeah. you silly bugger. I bet you feel silly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know exactly how old Karis is, but she's certainly a lot younger than Owen. <laughs> it's, it's just all horrible, yeah. isn't it? Right. Um, it really is. So, uh, Jack chases Karis and she grabs the doctor's hand. She reaches mm-hmm. street level and Jack lets her get away after she smashes the case of the doctor's hand so she escapes. Uh, Gwen and Tosh run after her but lose track of her. Owen recreates Karis's symptoms in an exploding rat. You know, yes, somehow... Uh, as, as a f- can I, can I just say, as someone who kept pet rats for many years, didn't enjoy 
watching a beautiful domestic rat being uh, exploded on screen. I know it was special effects. I'm, I'm not suggesting that they actually murdered an actual rat, but still not something I needed to see. No, but then at the same so. time, he's like, yeah, I've been tracking the gas levels in the room and what have you. It's pretty, pretty exact yeah. with his science, isn't he? Yeah. Also, in that moment, he basically, it's strongly implied, I think, that he's already done some experiments on rats and established that this is what will happen. But he gets out a fresh one just to demo it oh. in front of yeah, uh, the, his colleagues. Like, he probably could have saved himself a rat if he just maybe filmed it. Yeah. I think if I just described what would happen. If I've learned anything this episode, it's that life and death means nothing to these monsters. <laughs> <laughs> right. Karis goes on the prowl to her ex-boyfriend's house and the alien sex attacks him and Torchwood finds the dust. Yeah. So... They're doing research on Karis to try and work out where she might go. They got that tip off that she had this partner. That's how they arrived there. Then they find out that through some sort of temp agency, she's been working as a receptionist at a sperm donor clinic. So that's the quite the coincidence, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> what better place to harness orgasmic energy without all the fuss? Uh -huh. So she sex kills someone. Uh, she tries to do it yeah. to somebody else, but he's like, no thanks, I'm gay. Just Yeah. Just uh, It's just handled so poorly. It is. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, so Torchwood find all the dust, and Jack works out that the alien is winning and Karis is losing, so he gives her a big old smooch to give her some of his... Invincible life energy. Mm -hmm. uh, Gwen tells the alien to leave Karis and enter her as a host. And as it approaches, Gwen uses the containment trap that she used earlier to stop Karis running away. Yeah, classic case of Chekhov's poor special effect. Yeah, so whilst it's trapped, it dies. Karis returns home to her dad, and Torchwood just mm -hmm. closed the case. Yeah, uh, Gwen. Bish bash bosh. Yeah, only, only what four people well, needlessly lost their lives. Yeah, as yeah. a direct result of their actions. Yeah, and then Gwen asks Jack about who he is, and it might as well have been like an end of an episode of Cheers where they just turned the bar light off because it's like home time. Yeah. See you tomorrow. Yeah. So. Uh, <sighs> I, I can't remember. I haven't actually listened back to how I felt about mm. episode one, but I'd like to think I enjoyed it more than this. I think episode one showed more promise, and this episode spectacularly fails to live up to any of the glimmers of promise there were in, in that first one, if memory serves. Um, of the handful of episodes of Torchwood I've seen, this one stood out to me as the worst. Yeah. I don't know that it ever will get this bad again. Maybe it will. Um, but I, I, I can't... I mean, I honestly can't imagine it being much worse because this is one of the worst things that I have ever watched. Would, 
I, I, like, I no, just... no further qualifiers. So just it is just one of the worst pieces of television I have ever seen. Like I, I was thinking about sentence. this. Like I know that we we've often used Fear Her and Legend of the Sea Devils as comparisons yeah. for bad, but at least yeah. they weren't unpleasant. Yeah. No. I I would I would if you offered me a choice of one of those or. Torchwood, I'd I'd happily sit and watch um watch them both back to back twice in a row or uh, before I, I I have to sit down and watch this again. It 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 was that unpleasant an experience for me. Yeah. I've seen it twice now, never again. Yeah, it is not one I, that <laughs> I want to go back to anytime soon. Uh, but anyway, we've done it now, Matt. Yeah. It's over. The only way is up, baby. And yeah, well, I like I say, I hope so. I, I, I never finished uh, Series 1 of Torchwood when I was watching it off my own bat, so who knows? Could go, go spectacularly downhill. Yeah, from, um, from what little but, I know, everyone says Season 3 is a banger, so, you know, at least we've only got about eight months of Torchwood to get through between now and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it will take us a while because we're doing we're alternating with Sarah Jane adventures as well. So uh um yeah, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. But for now at least series 2 out of the way. Next week series uh, seri- uh oh sorry. Episode 2 out of the way. Uh next week episode 3 of series 1 Ghost Machine. Oh great. Ooh. It's prob- be probably, knowing one. Torchwood, a literal machine that makes ghosts. Or a machine <laughs> that died in tragic circumstances and has unfinished business here on Earth. Oh, I'd much prefer the latter. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just an old, like, <laughs> Super I... Nintendo that deserved better. <laughs> uh, well, uh, do join us for that, listeners when we find out who or what the ghost machine is. Uh, but until then, as always, thank you ever so much for listening. And until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.